Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen. 110%. Kill the cards. Oh, what yeah, I remember that one. Tell where you are. I was telling you suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. <laughs> the Kwame Brown of fantasy baseball. I love enough somebody to say that. Wayne Grove Party Con, right? Yeah. You're dreading this already. <laughs> Which two men are on? T-M-O, baby. That's hot. Hold it, hold it, hold it. That's much better. Roll tape. I love LA. We love it. I love LA. We love it. We love it. Johnny, my man, you didn't fly down to Virginia last night to celebrate. <laughs> what do you want me to celebrate? I'm well, I want you to celebrate. Funny. I want you to celebrate the NBA champions, fool. <laughs> it was a good night. I, I was, uh, I had it on. I put it on in the third quarter and saw the Lakers had 36 points. I didn't didn't realize that uh, they would come back here. Yeah, it was. Um, man, it was a terrible offensive game from from both teams. Uh, but uh, oddly enough, the defensive effort on. Uh, for, for both Boston and LA was just off the charts. You know, I'm just glad that we came out on top. Um, you know, at the end of the game. But uh, yeah, man, that was a that was a tough, tough, gritty game seven. But 16th title, LA Lakers. Uh, congratulations, brother. Thank you, man. I'm not I'm not too uh, invested. My Sixers are in the doldrums. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of rooting for the Celtics, but really, I, I don't care. Uh, so uh, enjoy it and um, celebrate hard. Yeah, you know, it feels great. feels good. Kobe's fifth ring, you know, kind of vindication for him, I think. But, uh, you know, nobody in this league gives a crap what I'm saying right now, so I'm just going to keep rattling on. And... <laughs> Coming up on TMO, guys, the opening bell is about to sound on round two of divisional play. How's the tide yes. going to turn? But first... Matchup to watch. Yes, matchup to watch. Uh, let's see. Will the damage be Soria from uh, a Kung Fu-sized cramp? I got nothing for this uh, weekly matchup, but we're going to take a look at um, a divisional rivalry that uh, could be uh, epic for years to come. Just just looking over the rosters, um, Scotty, man, I, I had some trouble listing all the players I wanted to talk about today. Yeah, you know both these squads. You know they're they're pretty they're pretty stacked. You know from from different different ends though. You know you got the damage, of course, the defending BDL champions, and you know they're going to bring it every week. Uh, Crawford, you know, really just crammed full of, of up and coming um, up and coming guys, and you know a, a lot of uh, uh, really high end prospects, and you know some younger younger kids that are already in the majors and producing well, and and you know it's uh, I think. You know, looking you know a couple of years down the road, we could really be kind of seeing the early makings of a um, you know a, a really really epic West Division rivalry. Definitely, definitely. Um, we'll be looking at the players. We'll be looking at the stats. Um, first, there's a I guess 
the item of uh, where they stand right now, the damage are at 64, 31, and 5, a 665 winning percentage, uh, first in the West, first overall, first in the breakdown, defending champions, rolling through the league, um, incredibly impressive, and the Cramps, uh, who I know we both love, I know uh, their roster is the envy of many around the league, uh, sitting at 32, 61, 7. 355 winning percentage, 31 games back, not looking to be contenders in the West right yet. Third in the West, 15th overall and 15th in breakdown. Uh, would you would you have imagined they'd be this far back? Uh, I guess in week 12 we're yeah, looking. Yeah, through? yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised that the Cramps 31 games back. I don't think that Brian is surprised that the Cramps 31 games back. I, you know, I, I'm. Not under the impression that he that uh, he felt that that's, that club was going to really contend this year, um, uh, but you know it really doesn't matter because Brian has a solid, you know, uh, uh, map in place for where he's taking that club right now, and uh, you know you, you can't be overly critical of a of a squad that uh, is sporting a, a 3.55 winning percentage when you can see how much work is being done to uh, you know bring that club. To the to a level of respectability in in the uh, you know very near future. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I I, <laughs> I look at the team and and you always think they're going to compete in the future. But like we were discussing before, the number of doubles that lead to home runs, the youth growing. Uh, you know, I look at some of these stats and I I see he's leading the league in triples and he's leading the league in average. So you know his team's hitting, and I think they're fourth overall in uh, OPS. So they're, they're hitting pretty well for some power and um, uh, I just, I'm, I'm waiting for the depth of the pitching to just come up and help them out. Um, and we will get into their roster momentarily. But in looking at the matchup, first thing I always like to look at is the number of starts. And um, like we're gonna talk about all afternoon here, the damage is just so deep. In, in the pitching with 14 starts uh, to the cramps 10 in week 12 um, plus he's got a few closers which uh, Brian doesn't have that luxury I mean the pitching side of it they just look so overmatched yeah I mean um, you know we talk often about how potent that Crawford's uh, rotation can be but uh, you know things have to really all be clicking at the same time for that club for them really to to you know uh, uh, run the stats up uh, on the, on the pitching end of things on any given week. So I, you know, I, the, the cramps are really overmatched here, of course, and but that's really not the point of what we're looking at right now. Um, you know, 14 starts to 10 starts. I uh, I fully expect you know the damage to kind of have the way with the cramps uh, from from that side of the scoreboard next week. And um, you know, there are a few nagging injuries on, on both sides here, Johnny, but I don't think really anything that's that's going to uh, play too much a role, especially how deep, you know, uh, Bill's roster is right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree Well, on the injuries. Uh, I think it, it leans um, more in the cramp side uh, with Snyder being out. Um, right. But if I, if I list off a few of these hitters for the cramps, they've got more than enough to make up for it. Um, and we've seen already this year that their pitching can at least get them 
uh, the ratio categories. Um, you know, they're setting records now. And uh, I'm very excited to see where they go. But on the hitting side of it, you've got Posey, uh, Billy Butler, Robbie Cano, McCutcheon. They're all hitting over 300 uh, two, two and a half months into the season. And you've got breakouts from Andrews and Hayward and Torres. You know, I didn't think much of to begin the year, but um, he's proven me wrong. Um, and they've got more that could even help them this week with Alvarez and Tabata. So, I mean, there's any number of players that can really uh, produce this week. And I might actually lean towards the cramps um, from the hitting side of it this week. Yeah, you know, the, the cramps is, is, is a team that really is surprisingly potent you know when you when you look when you look down the roster and and uh you know it, it's never really a surprise at least to me when um when the cramps pull out an upset victory over one of our stronger clubs because they kind of have a like history the, of doing that like you know, the generals um we won't go there but <laughs> you know just as you say when you when you look down the line there you know they they are uh, uh, they're set up pretty well to to be spoilers right now, and I obviously I know that's not what Brian has in mind uh, in in building that club. You know he he's trying to you know claw his way in into uh, being a competitive team, but you know I'm sure he takes some pride in that right now, and and knowing where his his team is headed, it's got to give him some sense of satisfaction that the moves that he's made are already showing up in. You know preliminary results in terms of you know holding these tougher squads um, to really really close weeks and sometimes upsets yeah I mean I gotta give him all the credit in the world um, he's been incredibly patient with the roster and, and whenever I talk to him you know trade talks or whatever it always comes back around he's got the plan he's got uh, a sense of timing as to when he thinks everything's gonna come together and I would say if anyone is looking I mean, I'm considering it. <laughs> if anyone is considering rebuilding or, you know, turning a roster around, um, I would definitely follow this this map. Absolutely. I, mean, uh, I lost three weeks in a row to the East, and uh, and Michael's giving me a battle right now. So if I go four, I'm, I'm like, what, you know, do I rebuild? <laughs> I'm going crazy here. Yeah. But, I mean, well, but, let, me, um, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, look, looking back at the damage, they're sitting up. Of course, at the top of, of the West Division there by a, a, a very comfortable 16-and-a-half uh, game margin. Uh, 665 winning percentage, which is a, a, obviously a great winning percentage, but it is a little off the pace of, of last year's squad. Now, do you think that's uh, more so uh, evidence of a regression of that team a little bit or just enhanced competition league-wide? Uh, if you were to ask me that earlier this season, I would have said regression um, because I thought their hitting was starting to come back uh, to earth a little bit. But uh, recently, guys like Hamilton and um, who else on that squad? Uh, Troy Glouse. Right. I, I, I going nuts, and uh, I think they've got it. Plus, I will never question their pitching. It's the best uh, in the league. And um, I think it's more, it's more that um, the West is good. The rest... The rest of the, uh, the BDL is good. You see how many teams are strong right now um, in a wild card race. So I don't think they've regressed uh, 
too much. Well, Johnny, let me uh, let, let me pose this question to you. Just switching gears again, back to the back to the cramps. Do, do you see? Do you foresee a time in in the near future when when that squad will kind of go all in, start you know collapsing some of their their talent, like really like the damage did a couple of years ago after. Uh, after uh, Bill took over that that roster uh, uh, three years or so ago, and, and really, you know, started to to convert some of that uh, you know built up minor league resources, some of those resources, into um, you know productive major league pieces that uh, helped him compete. Do, do you see Brian going that route, or do you see him instead, um, you know, letting the pieces that he's already assembled mature? Uh, I can see him doing that, but I don't see it happening for a little while. He's got some roster spots on his major league roster. Um, if I remember looking at his uh, roster earlier today, um, where he can kind of still let let these minor leaguers filter up through his system and um, and grow with the major league squad before any type of you know uh, too much roster maturity where he doesn't have any room for these guys anymore. He's still he's only got let's see. Let's see what he's got. Verlander, Strasburg, Lee, Kershaw, Porcello, and Mattis. Six starters that are, uh, no doubt, can't move off the roster. So as these other um, starters come up, um, I think he's just going to layer them in, layer them in. He gets closer to 9, 10, and he still has talent to uh, uh, deal. I definitely think he'll go all in. Let's... Uh, Let's take a look now at the damage. No surprise, leading the league in strikeouts. Uh, another stat I've been looking at lately, he's leading the league in strikeouts per walk. Just, I guess, what do you think? Evidence that, you know, his entire staff is quality. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he's really put together. Bill has a um, fantastic group there. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be hard to deal with, you know, for, you know, we, we mentioned... We talk about the the BDL being such a competitive league uh, these days, with with so many teams in, in the hunt for the playoffs, and and uh, you know, but there really remains kind of this this top tier group of you know a couple, possibly three teams that are just you know head and shoulders above, and and the damage you know are definitely in that group, and and uh, you know as well as, as some of our other stronger clubs are playing and. And, and such, I, I, I really don't know. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to, to deal with the damage, um, you know, as the season rolls on. I, I, frankly, I expect them only to get stronger. Bill has a history of, you know, making sure that um, that his squad is 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 uh, primed uh, for the playoffs in terms of, uh, you know, making a, a deal or two at the deadline if he needs to 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 fill some holes or even just to add depth. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a rough ride for uh, for whoever whomever draws the damage. Yeah, no doubt. Like I always say, toughest out in a BDL. So, uh, which would you like to experience less, Scotty Wampler? Um, some damage or the cramps? <laughs> well, since I have experienced uh, cramps so very often. Um, over the course of the history of this league, I'm just going to stick with what's familiar, and uh, I'd rather have the cramps. <laughs> I hear that. I don't want to lose to the damage anymore. Um, I don't think I don't. I won't say it. 
<laughs> I don't want to lose to either. <laughs> no jinx in that. So who, who do you got this week? Oh man, it's you know I I I, I so totally respect you know what um, what the cramps are doing right now with, with you know building that squad up. But if I just you just you can't pick against the damage in a matchup like this. Or at least I can't. You know I I probably you know I, with with enough respect to Brian, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say six four damage. It's not going to be a blowout. Give... I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but. Yeah, I was going to give him respect and give him three wins, but um, I, I think uh, unless his hitting, you know, like you said, all goes off at the same time, um, which I think it can, uh, if if he wants to take those those categories, um, he'll be lucky to touch any of the pitching, and um, I'll go three seven. <laughs> Hey Johnny, under our next segment, it's time for round two of the BDL divisional matchups. Um, kicking it off in, in, in week 12 with a, with a host of, uh, uh, of rematches from, um, from I think they're all from, from week one of the season. Um, and, uh, you know, we have some very, very, very interesting divisional races currently ongoing. Um, of course, the, with the standout one uh, in, in anybody's mind, I would think, would be the East Division, uh, top to bottom, separated by only eight games. You know, a division that could literally flip-flop top to bottom in, in one matchup. Here's hoping so. <laughs> Indeed. Come on, Matt. And, you know, obviously the, the South Division, the always tough South Division, is uh, you know neck and neck again. Uh, the Rebels right now sitting three games behind the Falcons, and uh, you know our our, uh, our new fella uh, Mike Owens and his Crystal River Mavericks sitting 11 and a half games out of first in the South. But um, according to the scoreboard this week, he is uh, total uh, currently crushing the Wrigleyville Woo, and you know we could we could really see a, a major shakeup in the South after. After week eleven concludes, so uh, Johnny, what are your what are your your initial reactions to to how things stand right now across the league and, and as we move into to round two of our divisional play? Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see what Owens does. Um, come into the league, uh, like we mentioned, I think I don't know if we were on the air or off the air talking about this. Um, the way that roster has been kind of motivated since he, he he came on he's had a few good winning weeks here face obviously facing the cramps and the woo um, sorry guys uh, but um, still he, he's he's out there to compete uh, the Mavericks and um, I don't think he's gonna go down um, quietly um, he, he faces up against a, uh, a bums team that uh, can't be overlooked of course but uh, um, he should beat them um, I'm very excited about the East. Uh, just, just how close the entire division is. Uh, it's just fun to watch. Um, so I mean, best of luck to you, Scotty. Um, my division. I'm trying to hold on to, uh, and it is my division, by the way, fellas. <laughs> I just want to let you know that. Um, I uh, I'm trying to hold on to a five-game lead here, and uh, a very intriguing rat matchup is is going to be that Amish Wallaby matchup. Absolutely, um, in the north. Yeah, I mean, and well, the, the west is already won. So yeah, I mean, we we all we all I mean, you know, we all know that you know the damage 
uh, had the had the West tied up before uh, before the season started, really. But uh, I, I mean, you can legitimately say that the uh, all three other divisions are, are still up for grabs, and I, I'm not sure that we've ever been able to say that. Um, you know, going into Week 12 of of, um, of any previous season, you know, this is beyond the halfway point now for the regular season, and you know, the the, the South. One and two separated by three games. The East, one and two separated by six games. And uh, just as you mentioned, the North, one and two separated by five and a half games. You know, this is this could get really, really interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm hearing things uh, on the street that the Nats, uh, I don't know, might be uh, looking to be sellers. I'm not sure. Uh, Willie Moe just got that. No, it's not Willie Moe. It's <laughs> Mo Rivera, maybe. Um, uh, we'll see how. I, if I if I want to really dominate this division, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to beat the Nats handily next week. Uh, I'm looking mainly at the North, I guess. That's my where my focus is. <laughs> yeah, which um, you know, looking at looking at a few different teams, you know, right now that are, you know, as we've been kind of talking about the last few weeks, kind of entering desperation mode as far as being. Being able to still compete for this year, what what teams as we enter uh, the second round of divisional play need to show up really more than the other teams? I'm not saying that it's unimportant, you know, for for your your higher seeded teams right now uh, to to show up and play ball. Obviously, they need to hold on to the leads they have, but you know they have some wiggle room when you when you look at the Bulldogs and you look at the Rockets and. You look at the Wallabies and the Generals and, um, and and such. You know that they have some wiggle room as far as you know their their postseason hopes at the moment. But when you look at squads like you know say the Amish Brotherhood, the Mavericks, okay, these are teams that you know it, it's it's kind of down to the wire in terms of uh, whether or not they're going to you know make a legitimate push now. And just until recently, we were throwing the epidemic into that same pool, but as much as the East has closed up here in the last two weeks, uh, you know they're just eight games out now, and I, you know, they're they're making a strong enough push. I don't think you can classify them along with those other squads anymore. So, Johnny, what 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 team do you think just absolutely has to show up more than any other team in the league going into the next three weeks? I think first and foremost, um, I, I'm going to go with the elevation uh, simply because they're not going to win their division. They really need to get things kick-started if, they're, if they have any shot um, to make a wild card. Because his team is built for now. It, it, it's not built for you know, prospects in the future. Um, I say that over the Amish who have you know, nice young talent who he could possibly build on. If, if He would be second because if, if his kind of run isn't over by now, it's going to be this next week. He's got to really perform against the Wallabies. And um, I'll be very excited to see what that happens. In terms of the Mavericks, I think I think no pun intended, but he's playing with house money because he's coming into the this team, you know, halfway through the year. Um, the big focus is on the big two or battling it out. Um, if I were one of those two, I would watch out because I think now they have some competition in the division, and if one of them falters, they're going to lose a wild card spot as well. Absolutely. Looking back at the at the Wallabies and, and you know, 
trying trying to to uh, you know to, to have you separate yourself from this conversation as much as you can as far as as your own team here. What do the Wallabies have to do, Johnny, in your opinion, to to make a legitimate push at the division? Now I say legitimate. Uh, you know, I, I I don't say that lightly. It, you know, obviously five and a half games is you know really is nothing because that can evaporate in in you know quick as you can snap your fingers. We've all seen that happen. Um, do they have to be buyers at the deadline? Uh, I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you. They don't have to do anything but beat me. Because the last few times we faced each other, I honestly think Brent has been a little unlucky, and I've gotten lucky. I, I've, I've had a pretty good division record this year, but like I said before, I, I'm not sure my team is that much stronger than the rest of the North at this point. And um, he beats me handily in a week in a, in a matchup, um, you know, that's going to flip the standings uh, greatly, greater than if he's just chasing me down with additional players. He's, he's got to beat me, and uh, we'll see if that happens. I don't know. What do you think is the biggest first-half <clears throat> divisional surprise so far, Johnny? Is, is it the Wallabies being this close to the top of the Northern Division, or is it the Rockets being only six games out of the lead in the East? Uh, uh, neither, brother. I mean, <laughs> Wallabies are really good. I'm not surprised at all. The Rockets are really good. They just play around like they're not uh, because he wants the sympathy. He, he loves the drama, and he loves the attention, Mr. Polidoro. Um, biggest surprise for me is the epidemic and the generals. Um, I expected them to battle it out for 2-3, and... Uh, I expected uh, a little more out of the elevation, um, but who knows? Well, as we wrap this up, uh, you know, just as we've looked at this, you know, there there are just a few games separating, uh, you know, the the, the leaders um, from second place in three of our divisions. Do you see us having many division leader changes after this next three week span? I think yeah. I think. Uh, I think the East Division could go up and down by week. I think the South Division always has. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this year the North Division uh, kind of goes up. And, I kind of got it. Personally, I think if my team gets out of its funk, we're talented enough to break away. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. And uh, I think the Wallabies definitely have the potential to, to make those, um, you know, uh, division lead changes happen. I, I, personally, I, I think the South is going to be the most interesting to watch over the next mm. three weeks. Um, you know, looking at, you know, the Mavericks' current 10-0 lead in Week 11 right now and looking forward to next week when they take on the Bums and the Falcons and the Rebels uh, just beat each other black and blue yet again, that, that division as well has all the makings of, of a of a three-team race as as soon as the end of, of this current scoring period, week 11. And that that's going to be very hairy. You know, for the first time in a very long time, you know, we, we've seen, or we have the potential to see, I should say, um, a three-team race there. Yeah, I agree. I, Mike Owens, he's from Philly. He, he ain't afraid of uh, Ern's Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he's not around to remember... Uh, the Rebels' heyday. Um, so, I mean, 
they're all they're all good teams. They're all going to compete, and uh, their race actually, you're right, might be tighter than the East race. Um, if if Craig can pull away, uh, I would say that for sure. Okay, guys, it's time for the ninth inning rally. Let's kick it off this week with a flashback. This week in BDL history, in 2006, the Bulawayu Bulldogs broke the BDL record for runs scored in a single matchup with a whopping 50 against the Jupiter Joe Sox. That mark has only been touched twice since then, when after about a year, both the Jolly Jesters and New Market Nats topped it by one run in 2007. That's exciting. That's exciting. And now, uh, something new to ninth inning rally. We got a wacky stat for you. Um, you're going to love this. It's crazy. Um, did you know, in 2009, three BDL teams finished with more than 50 sacrifice flies from their active roster, yet not one team finished the year with at least one every week. The week with the fewest number of sack flies overall, week three, with only 15 sacrifice flies between 16 teams. And now into our nail biter. Uh, let's see, uh, Scotty, who do you got this week? You know, um, I'm going to take. I think I think Rockets and Epidemic is going to be um, an absolutely epic battle next week, and I, I'm I'm personally going Rockets over Epidemic. That's going to be one to watch for sure. Uh, I'm going to go Mavericks over Bums just because uh, the Bums <clears throat> put up a good fight. I think uh, the Mavericks should win, but uh, I think it'll be close. Okay, Johnny, thanks again, man. I'm going to go home, pop myself some more champagne, and cut into my uh, uh, 2010 LA Lakers championship cake that, uh, that my lovely wife is, is currently making for me at the house. And uh, hey, come on down, have some. <laughs> All right, I'll be there, brother. <laughs> thanks, man. Y'all been listening to Two Men On. And we're out. TMO. These men always know where their balls are. <laughs>